As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. With Bruce Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. From the shores of Malibu, where the waves are pumping to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Las Vegas, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio 2020, the show where we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time, and we will continue to. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, news, President Trump, film, TV, politics, you name it. We talk about it. It's No Holds Barred Radio. And here we are with our very first show for 2020. I'm here with my co-host of 11 years, TJ DeSantis. TJ, happy holidays. Hope it was wonderful holidays. And happy, happy new year. Uh, same to you, Buff. Um, it was not the best holiday. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a bad holiday. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed myself. Uh, enjoyed some you know, time with family. But uh, right before Christmas week, Someone smashed my car window and Great. stole some uh, Christmas gifts out of there. Uh, stole my son's iPad, which totally sucked. And huh. then uh, I got the flu. All right. Happy New Year. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> now you got to celebrate the new year. <laughs> you know, uh, at least that's in the past. And, uh, you know, like like you always say, start strong. Uh, I didn't end as strong as uh, we normally like to because you got to end strong to start strong. But. That's um, you know how I am. You yep, know how I am. Yep. But, uh, you know, we, we got the flu uh, done with, got past it, and, uh, you know, back on the old uh, grind again. Very cool. I got to ask you one question, TJ. Yes, sir. The car with the Christmas gifts. Yeah. Did you leave the Christmas gifts in the car overnight outside? No. So um, it's so crazy because my wife and I are, are generally really good about this. Uh, we went up to a place called Lake Arrowhead which is uh, in the mountains here, not not too far uh, from Los Angeles, uh, near uh, San Bernardino. And uh, our friends just bought a cabin up there, and we uh, brought a, a few Christmas gifts for them um, and some, like, home, you know, like, housewarming presents. And uh, we were running a little bit behind because we, we brought my dog up there, and mm-hmm. I had to get the dog checked into the hotel. Yep. Um, but finally got to where we were going, which was, a, like, a Santa's Village, they called it. It was, like, this little, like, basically an amusement park. Um, yeah, I'm familiar with. right. And, uh, we, uh, we parked the car and we're like, okay, well, we don't want to carry these gifts in. We'll, we'll just give them to them when we come out. I literally they, parked my car on the side of a cliff buff. Okay. Like they, they hit, they hit you right away. They just hit you right away. You no, were gone like how long an hour? No, no, no. I was gone for like four hours and I went back after about two hours, um, to get something out of the car and the car was fine. Um, he, here's what happened. Um, in one of the, the bags of, of gifts for our friends was a bottle of wine. Uh-huh. 
And I think some punk kid saw that there was a bottle of wine in there and Went decided to uh, smash the car window and, and you know, grabbed it. I, I personally think it was someone that was working from mm-hmm. there um, because this was nothing but families with, with small hey, kids. Inside job, bad timing. Yeah. Hopefully it all worked out well, and your, hey, son, your, your son is happy for Christmas. I got to do something that I hadn't done prior um, to this event. And uh, that was we rented a car and I drove a Tesla for about two or three days. How'd you like it? I need to get about $75,000 because I need to buy this car. Yeah, they're incredible cars. I've driven them. I was out car shopping um, because my gift to myself for Christmas was a new car. I've, I've been driving my beloved uh, S63 AMG. I've had it for, you know, about eight years, I think. And people always say, why don't you get a new car? I go, I drive one of the greatest cars on the road with a right. hand-built 560-horsepower engine. I don't care if it's eight years old because it looks brand new. It's black on black. It looks like the Batmobile. Cool. I love this car. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. I finally, I've always told myself, don't get emotional about cars. Uh, but I, I was emotional about my car. I yeah. loved it so much. And and again, I'm not the kind of guy that needs to drive a new car every year. I've got plenty of friends that do, oh, I got to have the new this. I got to well, have the new that. You that. Know? I mean, you drove this car for the better yeah. part of a decade. I, I'm not into images. I don't care about all that. I care about what I like. So right. I got the car. I had the car. I fu- they're coming today to pick it up after the podcast. And I went out and I got myself a, a beautiful brand new S550 Mercedes. Not brand new. Brand new. Like what I do. Here's what I do, TJ. And this is I'm telling this to the audience out there, too. Cars are very expensive. Can I afford a new Mercedes? I'm happy to say, yes, I can. Do I need to spend that much money? Because the moment you drive it off the lot, 30% right out the door. And these cars are, you know, very expensive. So if you buy a Mercedes or another car they do, and you get it from a dealership that does the recertification where they, they take it, they make the car brand new. This car only has 13,000 miles on it because they bought it just broken in. But it has already gone down 40% in value for when it's brand new. So basically I bought the car for a huge discount and it's got everything in it, TJ. It's like a James Bond mobile. It's, it's just it's, it's beautiful. That's I love awesome. it. Very happy. Sold the other. I'm selling the other car. Put it in. It all wipes itself out. Got a yeah. great deal. But I, I, for some reason, I just, unless it's a Ferrari or something, which I, I don't care about anyway. I'm not a Ferrari guy. I don't right. care if I own one. I, I, I. Well, I what are you gonna do? What, what are you gonna do with a Ferrari in Southern California? I, like I drove, what? I drove one for a couple of months that my business partner had. I was gonna buy it, and I said, you know what? I already drove it. I'm done. Right. It's great. I mean, yeah, I, I just, I feel like that's having a race car without the track. You know what I mean? Like. You're going to get in that to go 55 miles an hour at, at most on the 405 in the middle of the day? Like, it'd be great to drive in the weekend and maybe when everyone's gone, but uh, it'd be so rare that you get to open that thing up that I think it would be more of a tease than anything. You know, if you got a lot of FU money hanging around, you know sure. what I mean? Sure, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying, then you, hey. Then you, then you go ahead and buy it and you put it in the garage, you drive it once right. a week. But, but bottom line, I used to drive ten to 15,000 miles a year. I'm lucky if I drive three to 5,000 miles a year. Yeah, I, I, so, dri- I drive like 22,000 miles a year. Yeah, you drive a long ways. But anyway, the, you know, it's always good. It's, oh, I'm going to tell you something else. So I'm telling people little bits of how to buy a car if you want to do it. And again, you're getting like a brand new car. Car's under warranty. It's brand new. It's, it, it looks awesome. Very happy. Um, when I was going to trade in my car, right, for trade-in value, the new tax laws that went into effect, get this, TJ. If you trade in your car, when you buy a car, let's say you get twenty thousand as an example for the trade-in, you are going to get ten ninety-nine by the IRS, what? and you're going to pay taxes on the trade-in. What? Yep, how, my... how how is that? How does that work? Because 
You're, I you're do, getting taxed on something that is an asset to you already. I do not know. All I know is when I called my accountant telling him I was going to make this purchase and you know how he wanted me to do it, he said, don't trade in your car. A, you're going to get less money than selling in your own. That's obvious. So I have a guy selling it. He's picking it up after the show, as I said. But Oh, man, this is good I, for me because I'm buying a car yeah. this weekend. Well, I'm, I'm telling you right now, call your accountant and ask or whatever, but this is my accountant told me. The trade, you will be 1099. First, I'll have to get an accountant. Um, oh, okay. I'm only going by what my accountant told me, and I, I was, I'm like you. I'm like, what? No, I You're mean, kidding. I find that crazy because uh, the car is already yours. You know what I mean? Like, you own the car. I, I got you. I, I got you. Yeah. Like, I feel I like that's you. being taxed doubly on, on money. Um, but because, I mean, when you trade in the car, it's not like you're getting money. You're just getting money off. There's no transaction there. I'm never in hand of of monetary um, currency, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I find that odd. Um, yeah, I, I got to go buy a new car unrelated to the car window incident, but well, uh, I, think you, I think I'm going to buy another Audi. The Audis are incredible cars. Tesla incredible cars. Mercedes incredible cars. You can't go wrong German. German cars are incredible. But... What I also did, TJ, is that I went into the dealership on December 31st afternoon. Normally, the end of the month is the best time to buy a car from dealerships because they have to make the quotas, whatever. The last day of the year is the greatest day in the world to buy a car. I never thought about that. Yeah, I went in. They gave me a price. said, no, this price. They said, yes. You named your price, and they said, okay. They said, yeah. They came back. I said this. They said that. And it was only $400 more than what I said. And I said, done. Wow. Let's do this. Good for you. they move at the end of the year, New Year. Great. I, I wish I would have these... known that. <laughs> well, you know it now. Yeah. But or wait till the end of the month. Just wait till the end of January. Yeah. And, uh, always, always go in the last week, of the last few days. Of well, the month. now I'm thinking about uh, actually selling my car. Um, and then going in. And then going in because I don't, yeah. you know, I mean, you, you can argue that I'll be 1099 or not 1099 per se, but maybe I have to sell. Like, that's the thing. If I sell my car, do I have to pay taxes on the sale of the car? I don't see how that can possibly be the case. See, that's my problem. I don't see how the trading yeah. could be the case. I don't see if that could be the case because right. you're selling for less than you paid for it. That's right. not profit. Right. And like, I mean, that's like telling me I need to pay sales tax on it. You know what? Good luck to you. Just get the car you want and deal with whatever. Seriously. And, uh, like this is, this is a headache. Well, here's a worse headache. The, the whole, let's get under the news. Right. The whole, the whole Iranian situation. I mean, first, first off, let's, let's hold off on that. And let's go into the fires in Australia. The oh, fires man. in Australia, I mean, this is like, I, I, I have tears in my eyes every time I look at this. Over a half million animals have been killed, okay? Have died, you know, from as a result of the fires. And it's growing. I think it's, it's growing exponentially higher. TJ, there was an article the other day, uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact. They are going to execute, they are going to shoot um, 10,000 camels. Why? Okay. Because they're drinking too much water that they need to put out the fires. Oh, my God. So aside from the natural uh, horrible, horrific deaths that are occurring, they are literally going out and they are going to kill more than 10,000 camels. This what, is, this, what are they going to do with the camels? Like, I, I hope that they're going to be put to good use. Like, what do you do? I don't know. What do you do? What do you, do you, do you eat with a camel? camel? I don't know. Like, I, I have no idea. I mean, we don't I mean, eat camels in this country. But I'm sure the whole the whole automated system of everything down in Australia is upside down, you know, as far as I don't know what they do. They'll probably put them in a ditch and burn. Them. I don't know. You know, the country is in serious, serious, oh, serious trouble. This is and the worst fire one, of our time, honestly. Er, incredible. And and now it's reported there's more than 500 earthquakes that have rattled Puerto Rico in 10 days. Wait, with what? More to come. 
more than 500 earthquakes have rattled the Puerto Rico region okay, in 10 is, days. Is that a bit dubious in the sense like we have 45 earthquakes every day in California? You know what I mean? Like we, we have I, you know, tremors be every tremor, second. Right. Yeah, they could be tremors to your name. You it, say but, rock. But, but, but they say rattled. So there may be a little higher. You've got to be more detail on it. But, you know, the fact of the matter is it doesn't make the, you know, the headline news unless it's obviously something more than the norm. If I hear one person say that they don't not believe in what's going on with the climate and what we need to do. I, I just don't understand how people can be well, this ignorant. I, I think the debate at this point now is not if climate change is real. It's what is affecting it. And I mean, if you are going to sit there and tell me that climate change isn't happening, we're not on the same intelligence level to have a conversation. Therefore, uh, I don't want to talk to you because you can't like not acknowledge the fact that weather is changing drastically. No, you can. It's just one of those conversations. It's almost like not like politics and religion. I think climate uh, should be should be talked about at the dinner table. Right. People got to be aware well, of what's going on. Bruce, the Midwest doesn't even really have winter anymore. Like there's a handful of places that actually get a an accumulation of snow that sticks around for months on end. Um, but most of the Midwest now in this country has snowstorms where the snow will go away within a couple of days or it just has freezing rain. And if you look back at the 90s or 80s, they had a much more traditional winter with months and months and months of, of snow uh, on the ground. That's the way that winter is supposed to be in that part of the country. And now it basically you have to go to Wisconsin or South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota to actually get that traditional winter. If you're in a place like Iowa, Kansas, uh, Illinois, um, you don't get that massive amount of snowfall that sticks around anymore. Well, you do get it in Wausau, Wisconsin. Have you ever been there? Um, I have not. Okay. I've they heard of it, though. They just tweaked a nearly 50-year-old law in Wausau, Wisconsin, that prohibited throwing snowballs within city limits. They had a 50-year ban uh, on snowball fights, and they're now lifting the ban on snowball fights. It's probably never really well, been enforced. Nah, but it's, is... it, it, But the news is, I mean, you believe they had a ban on well, snowball fights. <laughs> you, you know what I want? I, like, I want to go back to whenever that law was passed and like read the newspaper because like, like obviously some sort of incident in 1962 buff had to lead to that. You know what I mean? Like, well, here, yeah, I agree with you. But here's here's the ordinance. Here's what it reads. And, and it follows another things. No person shall shoot any objects, arrow, stone, snowball or projectile by hand or by any other means that another person at or into any other building, street, alley, sidewalk, highway, park, playground or a public place within the city. OK, that's that's I they could have eliminated snowball. But then again, yeah, you know, look, I got hit. I threw an ice ball into a guy's uh, oh, uh, guy when man. I was a kid. Yeah. And that was a total accident on my well, part. Well, I mean, you know, I, anybody that grew up in the Midwest knows the dreaded uh, ice ice ball that, you know, may or may not be thrown intentionally. Right. Right. That'll ruin your day. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's that it can be dangerous. Anyway, they always seem to it. hit your eye too, buff. <laughs> they never just like hit the side of your arm. It's always like in the face. Well, I never had a black eye from a snowball, but I've had a black eye from other things. But I think the black eye from the snowball, well thrown, could be a lot worse. Who knows? Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. Like the ice chunk is the one that always hits you in the head. The other yep. snowballs hit you like anywhere else, but the ice chunk, that one gets you. I remember I was in a nightclub many years ago with Tito Ortiz and uh, oh god, what's the Lee Murray? No, not Lee. Well, oh, yeah, that was a different yeah, time. Maybe. That was a different nightclub at a different time. <laughs> There, there are fans uh, that have no idea what we're talking about right now. Uh, if you ever bored, Google that. 
<laughs> God, I'm trying to remember this fighter's name. Big heavyweight fighter out of Arizona. Uh, God. Heavyweight he, fighter out of Arizona. ADCC. He was in the ADCC, the whole bit. Friend uh, of Tito. Uh, Mark Kerr? Uh, no. Oh, man, I'll get this sooner or later. I don't want to waste too much time trying to think about it. But speaking of an ice ball, I remember I was talking to a girl in the nightclub that he, he wanted to talk to, and he was 20 feet away from me, and he hit me with an ice ball on the back of the neck. Oh, man. <laughs> and I got to tell you, that hurt. <laughs> I can imagine getting hit in the front of the face. It wasn't that with was... Cully. No, no. Ah, uh... oh, gosh, I'll get it. I'll try to get it by the end of the show. Big, I mean, we were friends. It's okay. We all laughed it off, but I got to tell you, that hurt. If it wasn't him or anybody else, I would have had an issue in that nightclub, and that's all I know. <laughs> But uh, don't talk to somebody else. And when somebody else is interested, when your buddy's interested, don't don't talk to him, guys. Let 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 him do his work. You know what I'm saying? One hundred percent. Okay, wingman time. All right, that went nowhere. So let's go <laughs> forward. <laughs> All right. So um, I don't want to talk about the news. Like that's that's where I'm at right now. Well, we got a few things we got to talk I know, about. Here. I know. Uber's released a safety report. You know what it reveals? There were 235 rapes last year. Oh my God. 235 rapes. Now, I know Uber is very wide, and of course, they're hiring people that are, you know, coming in for the job. I mean, how much background check is done, but... I bet you more than you think, but apparently not enough. Yeah, that's horrible. I mean, I can't comment. It's just, you know, it's a headline, but it's crazy. It's crazy. Is that uh, is that 100% like, you know, driver-passenger, or is it something along the lines of like, uh, if a passenger, you know, violated another passenger, would that be in these... Uh, statistics as well? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming the way that it's being reported is probably, you know, driver on passenger uh, or vice versa. But I mean, that's crazy. It's crazy. It's a crazy total. I look, I use Uber all the time. I doubt anybody's going to come at me that way, but I I use Uber all the time. And it's just, uh, look, it's the old story. It's got to be careful. You got to be careful on everything. I mean, a lot of it, I think has to do with, uh, people taking advantage of, uh, drunk people who may pass out in the car. Um, I mean, m- my thing is uh, a lot of people, they get so drunk that they don't know, you know, what's going on. And uh, I-, I don't think that, you know, a-, a violation of that magnitude is probably the most common thing that happens in those situations. But I, I can't imagine that uh, people aren't getting pickpocketed left and right when they pass out. And, you know, the Uber driver tries to wake them up or get them out of their destination or whatever. You know? Yeah, I see. I see where you're going with that. Yeah, there's many. There's many different areas, many well, different if, variables that can if, happen. If I go out after, you know, or have a hard night of drinking, and I get home, and I don't remember getting out of the car, but the Uber guy apparently like removed me from the vehicle, and my wallet's gone, I'm gonna have a hard time saying the Uber driver took it because maybe I lost it at any other point of the night when I was, you know, yeah, hammered yeah. drunk. If you're hammered, you're hammered. You can't even recall what happened that night. So, uh, you know, uh, tying two things together, my buddy, he uh, he bought a Tesla and he does Uber with it. And if you think about it, it's kind of brilliant because you have no gas, you know, money. It, it's mm-hmm. pretty much 100 percent all profit. Um, but he's had multiple people throw up in his incredibly expensive car. Oh, Jesus. Because, I mean, that's that's what people use Uber for, you know? Yeah. 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 And they only yeah. give well, you I- like 100 bucks to to clean it. Yeah, I, you know what? Uber's great. I use it all the time. And uh, what can I say? It's all uh, buyer beware. Be careful, people. Just keep your keep your eyes open, whatever you do. TJ, we were talking about the climate control. Yeah. Uh, 2019 officially is the sec- second hottest year in history on record. Second oh, hottest man. year. Yeah. So 
I mean, that's Gotta what be. I'm saying. Like, it's it's for a variety of reasons, I think. Um, you know, we can get into those reasons, but maybe we shouldn't. I don't know. I don't want to start debate. No, but. It, it, you know, there is a variety of reasons, but I think we already covered it. And we can have a whole show dedicated well, to the climate situation. What, but what, I think it's pretty obvious. What worries me is, is again, about, you know, the fires that we talked about, uh, about at the top. Like, it's obviously devastating for that part of the world um, and, and the people that are impacted directly. But, I mean, think of all the toxins that are being you know put in the air. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, I'm going to switch to stories here for a second. We we had touched on, you know, things are happening in the world that people have to really take notice of right now. Uh, the bombing of Iran, right? Or Iran's bombing of Iraq. Right. You know, so, so far the claim is there's been no U.S. casualties. The president says uh, no Americans were harmed in the attacks on, on the basis which housed U.S. troops in Iraq. And he promises sanctions. We're in a very tepid area here for a few days to see where this world is going to turn. But... I'm hoping and my gut tells me that it's not going to blow up the way that the fearful, you know, the, right. the highest fear threat we possibly could have and what could happen. Um, it seems like it's de-escalating right now. I hope it is. I hope it is. But then you have other situations that happen surrounding this. As an example, the Screen Actors Guild buildings in L.A. and New York City, the headquarters, they've been put on alert. They've received phone calls uh, saying to the effect of, the person saying he's going to blow up the L.A. and New York SAG offices. Okay, the phone threat was on the West Coast. Was here was less specific, but the caller said he was unhappy with the President of the United States and the situation with Iran, according to law enforcement, and the drone attack that killed him and threatened to blow up SAG headquarters in L.A. So as a result, as a result of this, immediately the buildings are evacuated. The police are involved. Um, New York did not evacuate, but NYPD responded, took a report, you know, for what they call aggravated harassment. These little things, amongst other things, God knows what's going to go on. It's just it's like we're just on a powder keg right now. And I hope it doesn't blow is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I mean, that I think is what is most scary about the world now, especially with this 24 hour news cycle, is we hear everything pretty much as it happens. And it it's almost reporting first before there's due diligence made and you don't know what the whole story is. And immediately we have these political pundits on tele on television sort of prognosticating what may or may not happen from what just happened. And I, I hate to say it, Bruce, but I, I think there's some fear mongering there, whether it's intentional or not. We just, we immediately start to digest things before we even know the whole story and then there's predictions about what they may mean for the future. One thing I wish the media would get a hold of, and they won't, because they want to can create as much sensationalism or as much stuff they can to sell their soap. Okay, don't create fear. Don't don't elevate fear amongst the American public. But you know what I'm saying? Fear gets a reaction. Fear. I know is, it does. I know yeah, it does. It's just a shame. No, it's bad. And uh, you know, my my biggest thing too is just the narrative in which the news is reported. Like, I don't need a narrative. I don't need a, a point of view with my news. I just need the news. And when uh, America launched the attack that killed the uh, Iranian commander, multiple news outlets had different sort of stories on really what that guy was. Like, at first I heard that he was uh, a part of their, um, you know, government-funded uh, uh military and then i heard that he was a terrorist and then i heard that he was just a dude in a militia and it's like can someone please just give me the 
the news, like the facts, not like what we should or shouldn't be doing. Like, I don't care what CNN or MSNBC or Fox News thinks about, you know, Donald's, Donald Trump's decision to, um, you know, take this guy out. I just want to know who he is before I make that decision on whether or not it was a good call. Yeah, gotcha. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You seem, Go ahead. You, you seem distracted today, Buff. You all right? No, no, no. I just got something that took me away for a second. Sorry. All something right. Something came through. It, it, no, I'm not distracted. I just apologize. I, I, no, you're I lost. Good. You're good. I, yeah, I, you probably got lost in the news. Yeah, I got lost in the news a little bit, but I'm with you. I, I understand what you're saying. You know, I'm sorry. I didn't, I'm sorry I didn't react there to you. No, you're but all right. I, you're all right. I, I'm with you the whole way. Um, okay, let's elevate a little farther here. Uh, Sharon Stone was kicked off Bumble for an alleged faked account. Oh, man. She went on Bumble, right? And they thought she was a fake because she's Sharon Stone. Well, of course. You know, so they kicked her off Bumble. So when that was publicized, my brother Michael, for, for fun, he tweeted Sharon Stone that I was available and what a great guy I am. She really wants to meet a great guy. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it was funny. You got a lot of reaction to that. I thought it was a cracker. I, I don't know if Sharon Stone could keep up with you. Yeah, well, you know, back in the days of uh, what was that famous movie she did? Uh, all of them. Yeah, all of them. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe uh, won't be able to keep up with Sharon Stone. No, she won't be able to keep up with me. I, mean, I like I like I like what you said. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> let's go with that. You know, Sharon Stone, I remember he one time is uh, reportedly Mensa. Very, very, very high IQ. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I could see it'd be a lot of fun to have dinner with a, with a brain, you know, and a beauty like Sharon Stone. So. All right. Well, we'll set that up. Hey, if she had contacts me. I would entertain it. All right. So now uh, we should do that. We should we should give away a date with Bruce Buffer. Oh, slow down, Simba. I no, think come we on. talked about that a while ago. Yeah, back. let's do the dating game. Let's, we'll take applications. We'll we'll vet all the applicants. Oh, I'm just not into blind dates. Ugh. Well, I but, mean, you'd get to meet him before you go out on the date. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. It might be too much work that's needed. We'll talk about it, TJ. Let's not elaborate too oh, come much on, on the show right know, now. We'll I'm, talk. I'm looking we'll talk. for a project. This is the project. <laughs> that would be a project, that's for sure. It'll make Definitely some waves. Let's go. All right. Well, in about 10 years, the person I'm going to tell you about right now will be dating. But until they do, they're one of the richest people on earth. The highest YouTube earner. Oh, my God. The highest YouTube I don't know if I earner. want to hear this, Bruce. This is going to hurt my heart. In 2019, this, this uh, person named Ryan has 22.9 million subscribers. Yeah, and he's and like, he what, seven? Earned, earned $26 million. And how old is he? Eight yeah, years okay. Sorry. old. All he does is review toys on YouTube. And is All, that is that still a thing now? Because I know well, they changed 20, their policies, 20, and and nobody like you can't you can't monetize uh, videos that are targeted uh, for children anymore. Well, maybe the question is, what are those videos about? I mean, this is simply reviewing toys, right? And it's but not it's even asked. But it's a child who's reviewing child toys. How is that not targeting children? Hmm. You know what I mean? If it was a, 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 a an adult, you know, and giving like specs on, yes, parents, buy this for your kids. It costs this much money. It's very durable. The return policy is this. That That's not targeting kids. But a kid opening toys, reviewing them, and potentially even playing with them, that that's for children. That's interesting. I'd like to see how that pans out. But, you know, here it's getting so much publicity, which is going to drive so many other people. I'll tell you, uh, uh, Rupert is very, very good at buying um, band shoes, all white, 
and this is done on the internet already and being sold, and then he hand paints them, right? And, right. and they look they look beautiful. And I go, Rupert, my God, those are so good. He goes, Yeah, they sell them on the uh, on the internet. I said, Well, why don't we start a little business? I'll help you. And you're so good at this, and then I'll help you go on eBay. We'll try to sell one of the pair of shoes. I think cost of vans is seventy bucks. Is time. I know they sell these other shoes for two to four hundred or so, but I say put the shoe on for one hundred and fifty bucks. Let's see if it sells. We'll we'll come up with a name, and I'll help you start a little business. I want to teach him business. Oh yeah, no, it's a great way. Uh... And, and then if he sells one shoe, I go Rupert. Now if you if you do this, and we sell two pair a month. Look at all the money you're going to have. Right. You know. And I like that, Bruce, because you're teaching him two things. One, um, you're teaching him a creative – well, he's already engaging in a creative to- uh, sort of uh, skill, and then he's finding out how to monetize that. And exactly. that, that, that's really special. Exactly. And he's 11 years old. You know, so it, it, about to be 12 next month. So and it's going to be great. If you shoot YouTube videos of him painting the shoes, then you can push Ryan out of there. And uh, he can make $26 million on YouTube. Well, actually, that's all part of it. I would love for him to have a little YouTube channel if he wants to. It's all about what he wants. So I want him to taste it in, in doing this first thing with me. He's already, like, he's such an artist. He, he loves it. He even painted, uh, he, I gave him a, uh, he and his brother, I gave them uh, Apple Watches. You know, the inexpensive Apple Watch, the, the, right, the yep. first model, yep. uh, which they love. And last night, we're out at dinner for Henry, who's 15 now. Celebrated yesterday at 6'2 and 15. Um, oh my God! And, has and he, has he been drafted by the Knicks? Well, speaking of draft, when they heard the bombs got you know fell yesterday, the first words out of he and a couple of his friends who were at the dinner table was, uh, you know, is, are they going to start the draft? Right, because they think about that. Right, you know, what's going to be their future? And so we'll see. But anyway, getting back to the Rupert situation, you know, at 11 years old to do that. Um, I like to nourish this. I want to nourish these creative and, and these business ideas. I, it's so great. And you're going to see this in your son too. And people out there that have had daughters and sons and watched them grow. I'm seeing so many incredible, wonderful changes between 11 and 15. The conversation's better. It's, it's very interesting. You know, there's rough moments, but then it's very interesting and beautiful to see how these oh, kids are growing up. Yeah. And they're growing up to be amazing kids. And I'm very happy about my godson and my nephew. And all that, all that I've been involved with them in their lives. So I, I really love watching them grow. It's very, very cool. Yeah, so the, the maturation process of children is is really something special. And uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. There are certain years where they just grow leaps and bounds, and, and show just th- these brilliant flashes of honestly a- adulthood while being children still. And it's really refreshing to hear a young person who has no sort of bias or you know, any sort of uh, jaded point of view on things, talk about these things, and it kind of makes you feel positive for the future. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's wonderful. They are our future, and it all starts at home, folks. Take care of those kids. They are our future. Be strong, be disciplined, but definitely help them grow and love life. You know, I, I know, there's many ways to say that. Speaking of kids, Fortnite, you know, this whole video game thing, we talk about it all the time. I was talking to Rick Fox, the ex-NBA uh, champion for the Lakers. Um, he trains with my trainer at the gym. We were talking, and he is uh, with Echo, one of the largest esports organizations that I hope to start doing some work with this year. I've already announced it appeared for esports, and I noticed how big it's getting even when I started this a couple years ago. But Give you an example. Fortnite gave out $100 million in tournament winnings last year for tournaments for Fortnite. Fortnite made $1.8 billion in 2019. Oh, my God. I have to in say a, that. In a free game. 
let's not forget the game is free. It's free, but there's oh, there's the plenty things of things buy, to buy for sure. But to I'm buy just, within the game. I'm just yeah. saying, like the fact that it is a free video game and nothing that you can actually buy in the game will affect your play. You know that, right, Bruce? Like you can't buy yeah. a gun that makes you shoot better. You can buy a gun that looks different and makes your character look cool, but the things that you buy in the game will not make you a better player. Exactly, unless you're one of these cheaters that happened to one recently who got banned for life from Fortnite where he put in a name bot, which makes helps him to aim faster. Right, yeah. But that's that's cheating. That's cheating, and there's no excuse for cheating. I hate cheaters. Okay, so now, uh, it took in $1.8 billion in sales. Um, there were other billion-dollar games out there. Candy Crush still continues to crush it. That, totally, that, that's totally amazing right. to me because, yep. I mean, like, it's not a terrible game, but it's also something that doesn't really grab me to play every day for years, and apparently I, it has for others. I don't play it every day. I know Joe Silva, the ex-matchmaker for the UFC, was on it every day. Everywhere we go, it was Candy Crush. I'm up to over 200. Uh, levels in Candy Crush, but I've been playing the game for two years, and it's like well, something I pull out at an airport. Yeah, you, know, you also a, sit on a plane a good chunk of the year. You know what I mean? Yeah. I might not play it for three weeks, and then I'm on a plane, I'll play it for, you know, ten minutes. So, right. that's all. Okay, so now there's Candy Crush, Pokemon Go, Dungeon Fighter Online, I'm not familiar with that one, and of course, FIFA, which is huge, uh, and Call of Duty, Modern Warfare. These are, the, these are the biggest games that are out there, but it's predicted that by this one individual, show you right here phase clan president okay of gamers name is he says make eventually gamers the claim is and everybody's been saying this it will attract more viewers than the super bowl some of these big gaming um, um extravaganza it's just it's just a prediction yeah but they feel that eventually the gamers will make as much as nfl players I mean, there are gamers that are uh. reportedly like this guy phase bank esports stars phase banks reportedly worth around three million and gaming legend Ninja, who a lot of people have heard of, claims he makes a half million a month, right? So esports eventually, their their claim is going to overtake the popularity of the four major sport leagues, where the thing is going. And this is stated by a 44-year-old man who is in the business of making this per his business model for his business. That's crazy. Now, again, this is, con this is conjecture, but the numbers are out there to say it's going to happen. Well, the thing about it, Bruce, is... The Super Bowl is great, but it, it is very niche. The entire world doesn't watch football. Um, I mean, I don't know if anybody watches. TJ? No, I'm here. You got me? TJ, you there? I'm right here. Oh, I'm sorry, bro. I thought I lost for no, a second. No, 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 right here. Um, the, 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 uh, football is a very niche sport. You know, outside of America, I don't know if anybody watches it. And video games, especially the, the, the biggest video games, um, can be played and enjoyed by everyone everywhere. Everybody. Everybody. I know. And, uh, and these things are all online. So, like, these game tournaments, all you need is an Internet connection. For the Super Bowl, you know, there's still television rights deals. I, I think that that number is different. Like, I don't know if, if a, you know, 500 million people watching on the Internet is as good. Is it valued as much as someone watching, uh -huh. you know, on television? I don't know. Well, you know, the thing is when I've talked to gamers, when I talk to professional gamers, the reason they bring me in obviously is because of what I do for things other than UFC to come in and hype up the event and promote the event. But 
they tell me that basically, I said, well, listen, is this the same demographic of people that watch UFC? And the, and the average answer I get is that half of them probably do, but the other half are so absorbed in their video games. This is what they do all day. you know. And the question is, do they watch football? Do they watch sports? No, they're on these games. They're on these games playing. You know, another issue with growing kids, too. I mean, we've talked about this before on the show, too. Speaking of sports, TJ, did you hear a young girl that was hit by a foul ball at an Astros game now? It's been determined. The poor girl, she's she was hit seven months ago, and uh, now she's got permanent brain damage. That's she terrible. Co- the, cognitive, the cognitive effects of the effect of the baseball is the same as if she had the equivalent of a stroke on the girl's uh, nervous system. Yeah, that's... That's really unfortunate uh, and sad, but um, so sad, so unfortunate. And, and that's why, you know, we we need to take every precaution to make uh, sporting events like that as safe as possible. I don't think they need to net the entire stadium, but there definitely are areas of uh, baseball parks where there's seats. And it's just like there's nothing at all separating you uh, from a foul ball. And, you know, those, those 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 hits can go everywhere with with really great force and. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes these sort of events take place. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. It's not the first time I've heard about a situation happening at a baseball game. I've heard of things as soccer games. I mean, we, we, we've all heard different things. It's uh, it's again, it's it's the luck of the draw, but you know, very tragic uh, in its own way. I just I just best wishes go out to her. I just would love to her to have a, a completely full recovery. On the business side of things, and I know sometimes we change stories quick, especially when we talk about stories like this. But that's what. Reporting on the news and conversations on a lifestyle show is like, so I'm going to switch over to another subject here. But are you familiar with Jay, uh, Jennifer Lopez's new movie, Hustlers? J-Lo's um, new yeah, movie? yeah. I think I uh, it, it's already come out, right? It's already come and gone? Yeah, it's already come out. I saw it. It's, it's an excellent film. It's, it's actually based on a true story. Um, where And the fact it was based on a true story, the woman whose story it was based on, which claims that, and TMZ claimed this back in September, her name is... Um, Samantha Barbash, and she was upset because she received a lowball offer from the producers. But now she's claiming the character in the movie is portrayed as using and manufacturing illegal substances in her home where she lived with her child. She's claiming it was untrue and offensive because it is based on a true story. So now, um, as people go for it, whether right or wrong, but she's suing for $40 million, $20 million in compensatory damages, $20 million in punitive damages. She wants a order requiring producers to turn over all copies of the movie. I know I give up that, but believe me, if the judge comes down, judgment comes down, that's exactly what will happen. And um, they're not suing JLo personally; they're suing her production company. But <laughs> that's still JLo, <laughs> so she's still getting sued. Uh, this happens all the time in the world of Hollywood. But you know, people smell money. The movie comes out, does very well, critically acclaimed, and uh, boom! Now she's coming in for her share of the profits. Well, there you go. What can you say? You know, that's yep. life in life in the big city, folks. Right. Uh, uh, the bullet Mustang. Do you remember the Steve McQueen? Or I know we do this on film, TJ. Yeah. The New Year. Have you ever seen the classic movie Bullet, which created and and emphasized chase scene, car chase scenes, unlike any other movie in history before it? No. Okay. The famous movie has a green Ford Mustang in it, of which there were only like three made for the film. They just found one. The last Mustang, the highest Mustang that ever sold uh, at auction was $2.2 million, which is paid for a 1967 Shelby GT500. I'd love to have that car. Um, another auction car, muscle car, was sold for $3.5 million. They believe that because of the uniqueness that this was driven by Steve McQueen in the movie Bullet, which is a huge uh, 
cult film. I don't know if cult film is a word, but a legendary film. It's just known by, you know, all movie buffs out there. And I'm not saying that to for you to take offense. I'm, to I'm not a movie buff buff. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. But I've talked about McQueen's uh, memorabilia and what it's gone for before from a watch you wore in the movie Le Mans that sold for 750000 My estimate is on this car, which actually has holes in it where cables were put in because of the cameras that were mounted in the car when they were filming the chase scene. Uh, this car could easily sell for probably three to four million dollars. Damn, crazy, yeah. crazy. Um, you, uh, I know you never have time, but when you have some time, uh, you should try to check your schedule for April. Uh, there is a, um, it's a ranch near my house. I think they actually are kind of like a reform uh, school for young boys who kind of lose their way. Um, mm. But uh, on on April sixth or seventh, there's probably UFC that day. Uh, there's a huge Steve McQueen car show out here. Let me tell you about that auction or about that show. Uh-huh. You're talking about, uh, I forget the name of it, but Steve was actually lived there as a, as a young man. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, and yeah. It's called Boys Republic. Boys Republic. That's it. The Boys Republic. And Steve was always donating to that. And, you know, we talked before how we were friends the last six years of his life. Yeah. But – Chad, his son, they still do a lot for the Boys Republic. If I'm not mistaken, that's a yearly event. Yep, it that is. It goes on there. And um, that's because of the association that Steve McQueen had oh, with that. Yeah. The more you know. And, wow. Yeah, and it's nice to see that that's still going on because, you know, well, that's a, a big great, deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. I, I actually, Chad's going to be there. What day is that? Uh, I think it's April 6th and 7th. Okay, I'm going to make a note. Uh, April 6th and 7th, which falls on a Monday and Tuesday. I'm going to talk to Chad, and if he's there, I'm, I'm going to come down. That's great. Um, yeah, if you uh, if you come out, like literally it's two miles from where I live. Okay, it's the Boys Republic, right? Yeah, in, in, uh, in Chino Hills. Chino Hills. It's April 6th and 8th. I'm making a note. I'm serious about this. No, it'd be great. Uh, maybe have- if we do it, maybe you uh, get it cleared by him, and we'll bring a recorder and do a little interview and, and talk. Yeah, I would love to do that. I'm actually I'm making this down. I'm going to try and make this happen. Okay, I'll call Chad. I want to, I got to call him anyway. I want to talk to him about this uh, Mustang I'm reading about here because I know he's he's been involved in actually licensing Ford to make a Steve McQueen Mustang. It's a no-brainer. Well, they made a version of it, and Chad drove it through Ireland. This was about a two years or a year ago, I forget. But the McQueen estate, just for memorabilia, we talked about this in the show before, like Marilyn Monroe, Michael Jackson, James Dean, makes millions of dollars a year. In licensing that still goes on all around the world because we're talking about one of the biggest movie stars in the history of movies, which a lot of people that listen to our show and people under the age of 30 might not be familiar with. And that's OK. This is the I, past. I, I, I think under the age of 30 is honestly conservative. Probably so. Yeah, probably so. Unless it, you're a film just, buff. Yeah. And, and again, like I'm not saying anything disparaging by any means. It's no. just, you know, a lot of those old older films just don't get the shine. Like when's the last time you saw a Steve McQueen movie on TBS? You know what I mean? Like those films don't get broadcast airplay anymore. And I think they I'm not, should. I'm, I'm not arguing with you, but I watched the Cincinnati kid, which is one of the greatest poker movies ever made with Steve McQueen on that station. <laughs> just three weeks ago. Well, <laughs> so, well no, it, I mean, that may, that's great. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, that also, I think sort of says something along the lines uh, of, we don't watch TV the way that we used to either. Oh, God, that nothing is like the way it used to be. Everything is changing. You know, and, and again, I'll say this, as I've said it before in the show, if you're in business and your personal life, you have to adapt. You need to adapt and accept what's going on to move forward because it's just going to get more so and you'll be left in the wind. You'll be left in the dust, especially in business. I'm talking about the social media world, the way things are going, how to market. Got to stay on top of things, folks. I am every day paying attention to these changes 
in society and, and methodology and technology for the future marketing of the two brands that I work with, which are, of course, my brand and my legendary brother, Michael Buffer, and the Let's Get Ready to Rumble brand, amongst other things that I'm involved in. I've got a couple of big announcements coming up, TJ. I can't wait to announce on the show. I'm just teasing you right now. But I've got a couple of big announcements, and they will be made very soon. Uh, on film, TJ, I saw the movie Joker. Oh, yeah. I just saw it, too, over the, uh, the holiday break. Okay. Scale of 1 to 10. How'd you like it? Uh, probably an eight, nine. Okay, it is a very fine film. I'll tell you my problem that I had when I watched it. I've had this problem with Tarantino films. I've had this problem with other films. I even had it with Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where I didn't quite, I, lo- I liked it, but I didn't love it. And then I watched it a second time, and I loved it. And I'm this way with almost every Tarantino movie out there. Maybe it's because there's so many things that happen in his films. you got to see it twice to get all the nuances and everything down. Joker was one of the darkest movies I've ever seen. The performance oh, yeah. by Joaquin Phoenix, the performance, it's best actor of the year. It's, it's, it's the only one I think that gives him a run for his money is the English actor that played um, Elton John in, in his movie. Oh, which yeah, is Rocket Man. Book. Yeah, Rocket Man. I mean, the performance by that actor is incredible. They both won Golden Globes the other night on Sunday night for their performances. But Joaquin Phoenix's performance, the losing of the weight, the whole transformation, his laugh started to get to me, TJ. It started to irritate the crap out oh, of yeah, me. An no. hour into the movie. And, I, but that last 20 minutes of that film, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, don't wow. don't uh, watch this in like the middle of the day. People, no. Because your day is going to be ruined. After it, I'm not like giving any uh, sort it, of spoilers here. Like it's just a dark film, and your outlook a, on everything's not going to be great. It's not a good movie. It's not a feel good movie. No, film. no. And but it, what what I think is so amazing, I think this furthers your point about Phoenix's uh, performance. This is a character that is not really like him. Like his personality that we've seen in the past. Like I didn't think that this was really, honestly, going to be a good fit for him, and he just pulls it off. I mean, he lives the character. It it is crazy. I agree. I agree. And um, I think I'll be picking up the statuette in April or March, whenever it is. Uh, but I'm going to watch it again. My brother Michael thinks it's the probably the best film of 2019. Gary said the last 30 minutes is some of the greatest movie making ever. I was totally taken with the film, but it got into me so much, which means it was made well that I had that effect on me, that I'm going to watch it a second time for a purely critical eye. Sure. And I'm going to absorb but I got to be in the right mood. I know the well, mood I have yeah. to be in to watch this. I can't just I can't just turn it on tonight. I think that's I be good. Um, I, I heard uh, one of my friends uh, say that they didn't like the movie, that it was not a really great movie. And upon further sort of dialogue with this person, it came out that they just didn't like the way the movie made them feel. And it's like that doesn't mean it's a bad movie. In fact, that means it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like exactly. if it makes you feel uncomfortable to the point where you damn near don't like the experience. I think that there's a message being conveyed in that film and it's, it's hitting you right where it was intended to. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, it means it worked. So, you know, go see it folks, but pick your moment, <laughs> pick your poison when you watch this movie. Yeah. It's Fine. not, it's not, uh, uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker by any means. Well, that's because a lot of people go in expecting the comic book and the right. past jo- jokers that have been yeah. uh, you know, in that. And you're exactly correct. And that's probably one of the reasons that it's affecting people that way. All right, a little feel-good story to end the show with a family um, making a 3D printed Lamborghini replica. And what I mean by that, you've heard about these 3D things they do. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. It, it's amazing. So it's a little bit scary, start- too. 
Yeah, no, it is. But in this case, it worked out really well. And this is a feel good, you know, uh, Christmas gift for this family. But what started out as a real simple game between a father and son, it turned into a Christmas surprise of a lifetime from the Italian uh, maker, the supercar maker Lamborghini. And this family's in Erie, Colorado, right? Uh, Sterling Bacchus and his son, Alexander, 54-year-old man, 12-year-old son, 12-year-old son, were playing a racing simulation video game called Forza Horizon 3 one day when Xander asked his dad if they could build their favorite car, which is a Lamborghini Aventador, if I said that correctly. So Bacchus, the father, he's a physicist at Thor, at Thor Labs, and he's always been a Lamborghini guy. So when his son asked him, he didn't hesitate. So the two started planning their project. This is back in 2018 in February. And it resulted in a surprise phone call two months later from a, a person named Katja Bassi, who's the chief marketing officer of Lamborghini Automobile. And he gets the call. And he, his words were he was shaking his boots because it's like getting a call from the Pope that he's coming to dinner. So they said they want to shoot a holiday commercial with his family. Right. In addition, they were going to loan them a real Lamborghini for two weeks. So, oh, wow. yeah. So there were only 649 of these cars sold last year. They'd sell for like $460,000. So they basically drove the Lamborghini every day, right? Every day for two weeks. So pretty incredible. You know, they get a call, they get that, and they spent $23,000 on the project to make this 3D car. Wow. And I'm looking at it. It looks incredible. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Um, Family project turns good. And that's great. Um, There are a lot of things like that that I think a lot of people get away from. Um, You're building something, making something, and uh, doing good with it. What did we used to do as kids, TJ? I don't know about you, but I used to make those little monster models and the car models, get out my glue and everything. Is that still a thing with kids today? Um, My son does it. And okay, cool. I, I will tell you straight up, though, Bruce, he's the only one of his classmates that does. And yeah, he, the- he mainly does it because my wife is uh, my wife is really kind of a gearhead, which is not all that common of women. But she really likes cars and uh, her family has been very mechanical um, their entire lives. And she enjoys uh, teaching him how to put together a model and, and you know, what the. The, the model of the car is, the make and model of the car, when it was built, and, and things like that. And my son just gets a kick out of it. But none of his friends seem interested in any of that stuff. Gotcha. My son, uh, has, a, my son has a video game, Bruce, that's called Disassemble 3D, where the game is literally taking apart things from uh, fighter jets to skill cranes. I love that. I think that's great. Now, that to me is a very cool video game. It's like I've, once I've seen Henry uh, do where he builds cities. You oh, know, yeah. And it, and it takes them forever to do that, you know. So, yeah, I, th- I listen, there's pluses and minuses to video games. It's all about discipline, and um, they can be beneficial at the same time. So what can I say? Listen, TJ, I want to tell you that the December, I guess because of Christmas and whatever the reasoning, record, record month for video orders and audio orders coming into Buffer Enterprises, both through my website, brucebuffer.com, and also through Cameo. That has taken off. I did like... I, I, I don't know, 30 Cameo videos last last month uh, amongst all the ones that came in, which was much, much more through BruceBuffer.com. So I hope everybody was happy. I know you were because the thank you notes, Kristen and I truly appreciate them for all those listening that have ordered. And I hope you're happy, as I know you are. I know I said that twice because I hope you're happy. <laughs> but we're back in 2020. People were asking me if we're going to raise the prices. No, we have not raised the prices for two years. Okay. And we don't plan on raising the price this year. Unless we have to, because I just got a new car. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. 
All right, TJ, what's going on with you for the beginning of the year? I've got UFC 246 next week. We'll talk about them more in the show next week. The Conor McGregor's back. Cowboy Cerrone coming in to do his thing. Uh, it's going to be a hell of a show. Sold out, over $10 million at the gate. Um, what can we do but expect a really, really big show because Conor McGregor is coming back, and we all know everybody's going to want to watch it. And um, I'm looking forward to being the Octagon, but we'll elaborate much more next week because that's when the show takes place. Yes. Uh, to answer your question, nothing, nothing much is going on with me. Uh, sure. January is kind of a down month. Uh, fight pass uh, doesn't really do a lot to start the year. Um, so I am, uh, I'm at home until February 7th. Uh, and on that date, I'll be in Kansas City calling the uh, first Invicta card of 2020. But uh, short of that, uh, I'm hanging out. Sounds good. Relax, enjoy, gear up. And have a great year in 2020. I wish that for everybody out there, every all of our listeners. Have a great 2020. TJ, we're going to sign off, so please uh, sign off, and I will do the same. All right. Follow me on Twitter at TJ DeSantis, uh, Instagram as well. He's, he's Bruce Buffer, uh, at Bruce Buffer UFC. All right, TJ, I'll talk to you next week. We'll have a cool guest for next week. Sammy Phillips was supposed to be on the show today. She got called out for a production she's working on at the last minute. Um, I'll talk to her. Maybe we'll have her on next week or we'll have somebody else, but it's always great to have Sammy on the show. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate all your dedication and your loyalty as listeners. Uh, the listening audience keeps growing, growing and growing internationally, which makes us all very, very happy. I wish all of you the best of health, wealth, and prosperity and happiness for 2020 be the best you can be and you know how i like to say that set your goals write them down learn about them so when you set on that path you do the best job you can do because if you do the best job you can do and be the best you can be then you are winning so let's all win as much as we can and be the best we can be in 2020 i got your back i appreciate your having ours have a great week everybody love you and buffer is out be back next week the preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to DeSantisProd at gmail.com.